If the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Welcome to the Free Indeed Podcast, where we believe in freedom, reaching everyone, everywhere. Here's your host, Mike Hansen. Okay, we are back with episode three of our Free Indeed Podcast. Episode three is like a science fiction movie. It's a trilogy now. Trilogy. We're at a trilogy. Oh. Here now. What happens when we get to episode 30? You got me, and we become a serial <laughs> series. Okay, our format these days is that we are asking a question. I'm asking a question to Kirk. And I specifically ask the questions here. No, <laughs> I specifically ask Kirk, do you want me to read you this question before we start, or do you want me to um, read it just now? And so his preference is he doesn't even know it, and I'm going to ask it to him right now. All right, here we go. I'm here. better than I don't think. We go. We don't like that. Okay. All right. Kirk, what do you mean by being offensive and battling pornography? Oh, dude. Oh, that's a loaded question. That's a great question, as a matter of fact. You should ask questions for a living. That's a great question. (laughs) Well, I'm kind of trying. Yeah. And being offensive. So here's the deal. Um, on several levels, it's a lot more. First of all, it's a lot more fun to be offensive. You can sit back and you can you can play defense all you want, but defense means you're reactive. We're meant to live proactive. We're meant to make things happen, not react to things that are happening. So on one hand, it's more fun to be offensive. On the other hand, I mean, to me, it it, it just it sets you up for failure when you're defensive because you measure yourself by your failures. You measure yourself, your performance, by how many points the, the opponent scores. So, I mean, if you're offensive, then you get to see the ping. You get to see the numbers rack up on the scoreboard. And, by the way, if you play you know, defense, metaphorically speaking, to uh, at least American football, yeah, the defense can put up points, but as soon as you do, you're right back onto the field. And so, as opposed to just trying to white-knuckle this freedom journey is as opposed to just trying to hold out as long as possible and just building all the stress and all the anxiety and all that kind of stuff. What if you just focus on what's your next thing is to do? I always say it's better to, to start starting instead of stop stopping. I mean, it's more fun to start something than it is to stop something. And so when you live offensive, particularly in, in this particular battle, then what you wake up doing is is focusing on what you want to do, not what you don't want to do. Because what you focus on is what actually materializes. So if you focus on the things you want to start doing, building the the habits and the, the score system that we have and, and those sorts of things, um, then you end up seeing that in your life as opposed to, well, I wanna, you know, I wanna focus on what I don't do, what I don't wanna do. And then you then you end up just seeing all the stuff you don't want to do. And everywhere you go, you see everything you don't want to see. And so in terms of being uh, in terms of being offensive and besides that, I mean, obviously, we have a a, a faith based slant, biblically speaking, anyway. And uh, that being the case, you know, the Lord is my defense. He's my shield and my defense. So if he's playing defense, why am I? Maybe my job is to be offensive. Maybe my job is to actually put up points on a daily basis instead of just trying to stop points from being put up on me. So what do you mean by if God is being uh, defensive he's he's got my enemy if i give i mean if, if i give up control over my enemy and give that over to god in terms of you know all right god you fight that battle if you would please and let me fight mine and then you let god fight your enemy which he has and he's won and he's undefeated by the way 
Um, you know, and, and that being the case, you know, God is undefeated, which means, you know, he, he's a winner and he knows how to win. And so, you know, he was offensive. God was offensive. When Jesus came to the earth, that was an offensive move. As, as opposed to sitting back waiting for us to either mess up or not, he actually took the offense and, and came to the earth to, to, to fight the battle for us and to, and, and to win that thing for us. And so I look at it like there's some things I don't have to know. There's some things I don't have to figure out. And some things I don't have to know is how he won or, or understanding all that and some things I, I don't have to do. And that's, you know, I don't have to worry about fighting the enemy. I just need to worry about taking care of my enemy which is in me. So I, I just, I give some of that up and some of that is lack of control. Like I, I, yeah, I just give that up. Like God, you know, you know where I'm going and you know what I need. You know, my covering, you know, my steps, you know, the battles I'm a face today, you know, help me with that ahead of time, be my defense, but at the same time, help me be offense. See, I think there's sometimes we sit back and, and, and maybe also kind of the core of the question comes down to I spent so many years of my life praying for God to take this away from me. I mean, I spent, I mean, I don't know how many times on the floor of arenas and men's conferences and and church services and living rooms and bedrooms and anywhere else I can pray that God take this away from me, God take this away from me, God take this away from me, God take this away from me. And expecting or wanting God to just do it. And I think there's some things in life that God, you know, we're waiting for God and God's waiting for us. You know, we want God to bless us and maybe God's saying, give me something to bless. Mm. And, and, you know, when it comes down to the effort, maybe he's like, let me bless your offense. Let me bless your effort. But if we just sit back and and then on top of that, you know, it's real easy to blame God when it doesn't happen. When you put it all on God of, you know, of. God, take this away from me. God, take this away from me. You know, even Paul got to the point of the frustration with the thorn. You know, God, you know, take this thorn away from me. And, you know, and was the and if you read that, the thorn was never taken away. And so some things it's like, all right, you know, but are you telling me that 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 Paul's ministry wasn't blessed? It was blessed, but he did some stuff to be blessed. So maybe our job is to be offensive and give God something to to throw some blessing hot sauce on and, and blow it up and make it good as opposed to just sitting back and just, you know, woe is me, woe is me. And, and I get it. I mean, I get the struggle. and I mean, the, the consequences are terrible and the pain is terrible and I get all that kind of stuff. But we can we can decide to be victims or victors. You That's know, what I was I was going to ask that. Oh, see, I beat you to it. Well, you, I was just going to ask around. Uh, tell me. Number one, was there a time, you know, in the last number of years with your story, did you turn a corner and say, I'm not a victim anymore? Yeah, I don't remember what that day was, but there was a day or at least a short season where I just kind of looked up and said, you know what? I'm tired of getting beat up. I'm tired of getting whooped. I'm tired of crying. I'm tired of failure. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm tired of of feeling like a loser. I mean, I, I, I'm tired of being a victim. I'm tired of being victimized. And at some point, you know, the victim has to get tired of being a victim and decide to be a victor. See, the difference is victim are the same. They're both victim and victor. They're the same story with a different ending. Victim ends with I am. 
time where it focuses on me and all of the all of the difficult things that I got to do and my problems and my woes. And, you know, Jesus walked up to the man at the pool of Bethesda and he asked him, do you want to get well? And the first thing the man said, the only thing the man said was all the problems that he had. I am this, you know, I'm left. And every time the waters get stirred up, somebody else gets down ahead of me. And, and that wasn't even what Jesus asked him. Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? And so when you have that victim, that I'm mentality, then it's real easy to just blame everything and everyone else. Victor ends with O-R. It's a choice. And so you have to make a choice to be to go from victim to victor. But when you make that choice to go to victor, there's power in that. I mean, there's extreme power in a, in a victor mentality. And that is when you decide to fight. When you decide when your fight or flight kicks in and you decide I'm going to fight. And I may die in this fight, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die fighting. And on my last day, you better believe I was fighting to the very, very, very end. And so, that, I mean, that, that's just kind of my mentality. There was a day, like I said, a time period where it kicked in, and I just said, you know what? I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something. I mean, <laughs> whatever it is, doing something is better than doing nothing. I mean, the best thing you can do sometimes is just something. But if nothing else, while you're fighting, if you're – Punching the enemy, if you're swinging and swinging and swinging, if nothing else, whoever you're swinging or whatever you're swinging against has to duck out of your way. And while it's ducking out of your way, it ain't swinging at you, punching you in the face. So it's, it's just a lot more fun to, to, to fight, to wake up and say, I'm going to fight today. I'm going to do something. I'm not going to just sit back and just be weak and just take the whooping. I mean, I might, I might get beat up and bloodied. I might get knocked down. And I might even get knocked out. But you better believe you know, like Les Brown says, you know, if you fall, I hope you pray you land on your back because if you can look up, you can get up. And my enemy better watch out because if I get down, I'm coming back. I have the gift of tenacity at this point. I'm too stupid to quit. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm coming back, man. If nothing else, it's like, man, here come this fool again. Yep, I'm coming back. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's, just a, that's just a mentality we got to get into, especially as men. That's a mentality we have to get into of – I'm going to fight. I'm going to be offensive. I'm not going to be passive. I'm not going to be um, weak in my uh, or timid in terms of just just quitting. No, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to fight no matter what. So, so big. That was like a 20 minute answer, wasn't it? <laughs> Almost. We're about uh, 10 minutes into our podcast nice. here. 10 minute answer. So I have been through your class. A lot of times, 27,000 number times. of times over these last four years, one million and, uh, times. You just can't get enough, Kirk. Well, so what I would like to do, you go into the class and uh, you spend a lot of time talking about the armor of God. And this did help me here not too far back here just a couple of weeks ago when I was feeling under attack. And I, I read these verses. And you do spend a lot of time with them in class, and I'd love to be able to spend some time here on each one. So for those of you listening, we're going to take some time and read from um, Ephesians chapter 6. And if you don't know where, what that's about, it's a, it's a beautiful piece of uh, writing that brings the imagery of um, the, the offensive soldier in all of the gear that a soldier wears. And obviously the writer is Paul and Paul's talking about a Roman soldier. And he's not talking about body armor like we know today, but it's the same idea. So I'm going to start reading and pause and see what your thoughts are, Kirk, and as we, as we do this. 
you know, we're going back to the class here and just think back to what you, and we don't have slides for you to go from and to, and to prompt you, but you, your brain is a pretty good slide deck. So yeah, we'll wing it. I'll be good. Finally, be strong in the Lord. So this is Ephesians six ten, and in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I want to pause there. I know personally, Kirk, through the years as you and I have talked and strategized, and as we've um, made steps along this journey with the class and getting guys to the class, whatever it might be, you have faced spiritual warfare. You want to share anything that's happened through the years? I can think of one specific incident, but I want to know if you have any anything in your mind that's happened to you just you know that the enemy's active yes i do i think i feel like my life every day is spiritual warfare um yeah just all the time i do like as you were reading that you know it buried in there the whole notion of take a stand against the enemy take a stand is offensive it didn't say just i mean it's a take a stand i mean in order to take something that's a verb i mean you got to do something and so, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, in terms of taking the stand, in terms of, but the answer to your question is, I feel like every day of my life is spiritual warfare. What are you thinking about specifically? You can- there is a, uh, there is an incident that happened. It was when, um, a local ministry called step seven and we were meeting over there one time and you were on your way over there. And I still remember I got there either before you or you arrived and you were on your way over to step seven to talk to us about this class, about what you wanted to do. And again, it was part of the, the class hadn't started yet and your car wouldn't start. I remember that moment. You, you, your car wouldn't start and you, I just remember in, in your, your own style, you're just like, come on, really? Is that what you're going to do? You know, and, and that's the, and at some point, and I think that's why like now I feel like I'm just almost used to that now. It's, you know, it's like little stuff. And then when, I think when you can recognize that, when you can recognize the fact that when you and and at this point, at this point, I, I've I've realized that opposition quite often indicates you're going in the right direction, because opposition means you're going against the flow, you're going against the flow of whatever is natural, if you will, in this earth and in this world, and and uh, and you know the, we have an enemy in this world, and and for me, whenever I see that opposition now, I do. I do generally tend to say, oh, all right, here we go. I'm obviously going in the right direction and doing the right thing. And so now, I mean, yeah, when when I when something like that happens, surely I just say, all right, you know. And again, I'm not I'm not in control of that. And I just get to the point of, God, that's on you. God, that's on you. You got the defense, you got you got my enemy, but Lord, you know if I'm a, if, if if you know if if you want me to do what it is you called me to do, then there's some things I need you to do on my behalf. And that's that was a prime example of, you know, a car not starting when, you know, when I'm on my way to to you know to do something that is not for me and that's specifically for God. And so, um, yeah, I've I've just had so many of those so many of those examples, man. Just uh, at this point, it seems like it's almost you know regularly. I mean, I don't look for it, and I don't you know I'm not. You know, I'm not biased enough to where looking for it. Yeah, I'm I'm not, you know, I'm not looking for it, but I'm aware in moments of opposition. I I understand who and what my opposition is. And I understand that 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 we are fighting 
you know, probably one of the most sinister and one of the most, you know, dominant forces in our world today. And it ain't going to be easy. Right. Uh, the, I've heard a great analogy that if you're listening to this, there's a chance you have a form of spirituality. Um, and you just listen to these Bible verses, but there's a funny little story I heard just through some talks and there's two young fish swimming in some water, having a good day. They swim by this older fish, and he goes in the opposite direction, and he says, hey, boys, how's the water? They looked at each other, and one of them looks at the other and says, what's water? Yeah, exactly. And the whole point is we are swimming in this whole world of uh, enemy's territory. Mm-hmm. We are in a place where the enemy has apparent full control. Mm-hmm. So let's, uh, let's continue here. Verse uh, 13 here in Ephesians 6. Therefore, put on the whole, put on the armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Again, stand firm. It's all about standing. Then, and with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. All right. Tell me about the buckle of, or I'm sorry, the belt of truth. And understand that some of this, especially in the beginning context of Ephesians 6, this is before you even go into battle. This is rolling out of bed, the things you got to have ready. And one and that first thing it talks about is the belt of truth, the, the belt of truth that holds your upper to your lower. Uh, it, it's the it's the thing that that um, that that keeps your pants up. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that, I mean, it, it's your I mean, it, it's the truth of who you are. And when you understand who you are, what you do naturally flows out of that. And so you got to you got to lead off with the truth and, and that truth is a personal truth. I mean, it's a, there are I think there are universal truths. I think there are also um, there are also individual truths. And there there you know I believe this is personally um, I, I believe there's a lot a lot more gray than there is black and white in, in our world. I, I have very few in my life absolute truths just because of my experience. Um, but I understand what my truth is, and I understand the foundation of my truth. I understand. You know, my creator, I understand my faith. I understand, you know, at this point, at this point, I understand who I am and I understand what I'm called to. And, 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 and I understand the true nature of, of who I am. And that to me has become my personal truth, my personal. Now, a lot of people can take personal truth and they can say, oh, well, that means, you know, it is what I say it is. Uh, okay. Um, but how's that working out for you? My personal truth is I know I'm called to great things. I know I'm called to, you know, to at least get to a million people as far as helping a million people. Um, and so that being the case, there are certain things I just don't do. You know, the, the queen of England doesn't touch a door handle, not because she can't, but because she's the queen of England. That's, she just doesn't do it because she's royalty. And when you're royalty, you don't do peasant types of things. I'm not saying door handles are peasant types of things, but I'm just saying, you know, some things are just it's just who you are. It's just what you do. And so, you know, starting off with that belt of truth, man, that truth comes down to rolling out of bed knowing who you are and then allowing who you are to dictate what you do. So does who you are get determined by your own best understanding of yourself or do you relate that yeah now see that's the that's the tricky part who you are kind of you know where do you get that who you are if you get that who you are from the world oh man you're gonna be in trouble if you get that who you are from our culture and our society you are in big big trouble 
because who you are is fluid in, in our culture. I mean, identity is huge today. We, we as people, our country doesn't know who we are. We're, men, as, us as men don't really know who we are. Do, we, do you open the door? Or do you not open the door? Do I stand up? Do I sit down? Do I cry? Do I be strong? Uh, and, I mean, so on and so forth. I mean, and our young people, oh, my goodness, their identity, they're just questioning now what's male and what's female. And is that even true? And, and so in terms of the who you are, you got to have some kind of foundation. And that's why I say I have very few absolute truths, um, but you have to have some kind of a foundation. You know, a, a skyscraper has one foundation. And, and so in order to have that foundation, you know, again, for me, my foundation is Jesus Christ. I believe more in relationship than I do religion. So I believe in my relationship with Jesus gives me the accountability that religion never offered me. Um, but in terms of the truth, you got to have some foundation. You got to have some core of something you come back to in the very end. When you peel off every layer of the onion, what's in the solid middle of that thing? And then from there, you know, from there, I think a lot of that has to do with our experiences. A lot of that has to do with maybe with our culture, maybe even your race, your gender, your background, your socioeconomic status, all those kinds of things. And then what you're called to. We all have a different purpose. We all have different gifts. Um, you know, my gifts are different than yours. And, and so I got to understand what gifts are mine and what gifts are yours. I mean, and, and which, and be okay with what's yours and what's mine. When we walk into the room and you got the podcast set up and you the boss, man, this ain't my thing. This is yours. This is your truth. I mean, I'm, you know, I may be a subject, but I'm not the message. And so, um, and so when it comes down to the truth, man, yeah, you, you got to have some foundations, some solid foundations. Otherwise, man, you'll be flaky. You can't build on, on sand. You got to build on a rock. Oh, I know somebody who said that. That's I read that somewhere. Man. Yeah, I don't know. So, five years ago, what was your truth, Kirk? My truth was I was a loser. My truth involved some cuss words that 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 involved how I felt about myself. My truth was I, I could not win. My truth was at that point that I was doomed and destined for this this thorn forever. And I didn't want that truth. And so I was at the, I was at the end of the rope in terms of my value in my life. But yeah, that truth was no hope. That truth was hopelessness, pure hopelessness. Like there is no way out. Everybody told me what my problem was. Everybody told me why it was a problem. Nobody told me how to get rid of this problem. And that was a frustrating thing that, that dictated what I thought my truth was. And that truth was far from being true. <laughs> I mean, in reality, in reality, yeah, there's the lie you tell yourself and right. then there's the reality, the lie you tell yourself and then there's the truth. Right. And that, but at the time, again, truth is relative, but you know, what's real and what's relative, what's real and what's reality can be two different things. What's real is your experience. Like you can't tell me that that wasn't real to me. It was very real. Oh to yeah. Me. Was that reality? No. But the but the realness of that moment of that feeling of that experience was it, and so um, and so yeah. Looking back five years ago, man, that that was my real. That was my quote unquote truth, lowercase t truth. Um, and that truth did not set me free. <laughs> that truth was bondage. That truth had me saying, "I'm out of here." That truth though led you to the truth. Well, yeah, because you because- get to rock bottom. Yeah, you, the reality you had spoke into your your heart, your mind, and it it didn't help you become a better man. Right. Once you discovered the truth, 
that's when you realize there could be a better version of Kirk. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, and that's where it comes. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I mean, when you know the truth and when you get to the point, and again, that's why having some kind of foundation that you come back to, because when I was at that rock bottom, it turned into a, all right, God conversation. But that all right, God conversation means that, you know, God was ultimately the foundation of that truth. And so, and so, you know, no, having that kind of foundation, having that kind of rock to build on is important, but that truth, yeah, that, that false truth at the end of that road led me to a crossroad where I met the real truth. I, I mean, and I'm not trying to make a literal comparison, but it, it is a similar comparison to, to Saul and Paul. I mean, it was, there was a road where there was a knocking off of a horse and a blinding, but that blinding led to sight. I mean, without the blinding, there wouldn't have been the sight. There wouldn't have been the, the vision to see what, what he was supposed to see. That changed everything. And so, I mean, so that, that just means all that much more to me for, as far as experiential anyway. That, that form of truth then comes outside of us. Uh, it has to come and be spoken to us. As guys, we want, and as guys, we need this. And I've heard this over and over again in my adult life. You and I heard this about the same time years ago when Kirk and I first spent any amount of time together. It was uh, reading through a book and uh, going through a, a little 10-week course called Band of Brothers. And it was the book Wild at Heart by John Eldridge, which I highly recommend to any guy out there. It's still selling really, really well because there's such a strong message with it. Uh, but one of the things that I got from this book was, you know, masculinity cannot be bestowed on a man, on a boy, by anyone other than another man. Not in the truest sense of the word. In, that has that has not, no bearing on how well or how not well our moms raised us. I, rose, I was brought up by a single mom. I'm, I know you were, Kirk. And so it was, it was no bearing on their efforts, imperfect as they were. But at the same time, there's a truth out there that says, men, you need to know what truth is, and you need to be have, have the truth spoken into your life by another man, preferably by another, by another man of God. We are almost done here, so I sense this is going to be maybe a multi-part thing here. <laughs> <Do> you think? <laughs> so we just started with... 33. Yeah. So uh, we just started with the, the uh, armor of God, and this first one is just the... This, uh, truth buckled around your waist. Uh, so we're going to pick up with this uh, on the next part, and I actually truthfully don't know how many parts this is going to be. Uh, so, you know, I love just uh, seeing where these go, though, and we've got a lot yet to do. I encourage you to listen in on or, on this, but read read Ephesians 6. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share as we finish up, at least specifically about truth with this particular Episode now, I love what you just said, though, about it takes a man to make a man. I was raised by a single mom, like you said, and for sure she admits all the time that, you know, that she was limited in her ability to be mom and dad. And so, yeah, I mean, our truth has to come back, especially as men. Our truth has to come back to a foundation of true manhood and masculinity. And sometimes that involves even getting around other guys and learning, uh, learning from other guys what that looks like. Yeah. I mean, that time you and I had together, it's probably 12 years ago now. Yeah. That was long before this this whole thing started with you. Oh, by the way, Wild at Heart was the first book I ever read cover to cover, and I was 35 years old. That was 10 years ago. I was 35 years old. That was the first book I ever read cover to cover, 
and primarily I never read, I mean, through all school, college, all that kind of stuff, never read a book cover to cover. A lot of that had to do with dyslexia. Some of that had to do with just what they call ADD and, and those sorts of things. But, but yeah, that, that book was flat out dope. And that was literally the first book I ever read cover to cover. So that planted a seed, I think in, in you, Kirk, um, guys out there listening to this and, and, and maybe the women of your lives listening to this, this, there is always hope and seeds are always being planted. And I just don't want you to think that, uh, you're hopeless. Uh, the truth that we can speak into your life right now, Kirk and I both is that number one, you are loved and there is never not a time without hope and you can choose to move into that. Anything else before we finish Kirk and please share, uh, where we can find you. Oh boy, you can find me pretty easy. Uh, right now I'm in Parker, Colorado. No, I'm kidding. You can find there me. You are. I, I am. You can find me at kirkmsamuels.com. I had a guy email me like an hour ago, hour before I came here, just went to the website and he's like, Hey man, I need your class. Kirkmsamuels.com. My email goes straight to my phone. Um, I'll give you my phone number. Can I have my phone number? This is kind of dangerous to give my phone number. It is a little bit dangerous, but bit dangerous. one of these days I might give out my phone number. I'm, You're a little I'm more risky. I'm pretty dangerous. I'm pretty dangerous. Yeah. Man. I give you a phone number that rings straight to my phone. It's 720-515-6536. There's a 36 in there. Boom! You just now realize that? No. Oh. <laughs> I picked it. Okay. You picked it? Yeah. No, you didn't. I did. Are you going to tell me I did? What are you going to lie? <laughs> yeah, I all right, it. all right, all right. Okay, that is all for this episode. We're going to continue with uh, the armor of God and what does it mean to be offensive with our next episode. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Free Indeed podcast. Visit freeindeed36.com for more resources with deeper information and upcoming events. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, men, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. and upcoming events. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, men, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery.